Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Congratulations on getting through your 9 to 5. Thank you so much for listening. It is The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. I have told Quentin that he can handle the music from now until the end of the show today, and he's basically played the soundtrack to Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. So that has been a really enjoyable experience. If you guys missed it, we went through Quentin Spotify wrapped yesterday and, and it was really good. That's it, what it was, was. Uh, I really good is maybe not the way that really I would describe it, but you know what? It was, uh, it was unique. That's the way that I would do it. I feel like unique is like when people call you unique, they really want to call you weird, but they don't know how to like call yeah. you weird. Like, Oh man, you know, what your style is your style is very unique. No, you're just like a weirdo. That's really what they're trying to tell you about how you dress. You dress like a weirdo, but they just don't want to know to come out and say it. So I actually don't think your music tastes are bad. I would just say like the average 24-year-old, it's just not in line. If you were 44, it actually would have made a lot of sense. You had ZZ Top, you had Led Zeppelin, you had Metallica. Yeah, that actually would make sense if you were 44, but no, you're a 24-year-old individual. That's what was the really surprising part. of. So I, I don't think you have bad music taste. I would say you have abnormal music taste for your age demographic. You're supposed to be listening to Post Malone. You're supposed to be listening to Ariana Grande. No, you weren't listening to any of that. You were listening to Al Green. I'm also 24 years old, yes, but I work at a radio station, and so I feel like that ages me significantly, you know? No, that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. We appreciate you guys listening and making us a part of your day. All right, so let's start the hits a little bit differently today. Earlier today, Andy Reid met with the media today, and he was asked about Chiefs wide receiver coach Connor Embry, and he was asked about how he's doing so far this year, and this is what he had to say. Uh, somebody, you know, listen, if they're young, you take a little step back, you, you know, have a chance to take steps forward, so. Um, and that's how it goes. And you're going to have ups and downs in this business. It's a pretty tough sport, you know, and there are a lot of people that are, you know, going to put their opinion out there, along with the coaches and players. You know, everybody, everybody's got an opinion. So, um, but you got to, you got to, you know, you, you keep working. Uh, they're doing a good job. The young guys they've got. Uh, Todd's is a little different. He's got guys that's pretty uh, veteran group there. Um, but, um, I mean, Connor, uh, look at Rice, and that kind of tells you the uh, – gives you the answer to that, that part of it, but um, – in his production, so. 
So that was Andy Reid when talking to the media earlier today, and he pointed to the production from Rasheed Rice's examples that, hey, this wide receiver coach, it's working. You look at what we've done for Rasheed Rice, and it goes to show you the job that he has done so far this season. I don't bring this stat up to diminish in any way what Rasheed Rice has done over the last month or so of the year. I don't do that because they did exactly what we've been asking them to do. We have been asking them to throw more to Rasheed Rice and get him more involved in the offense, and that is exactly what they have done. But you look at these last four games, I mean, they are force-feeding Rasheed Rice the ball. So I'm not saying that Rasheed Rice is not developing. He obviously is developing. But a major reason of why we have seen an uptick in how he's been used is you have made much more of an effort over the last month to try to get him the football. Now, maybe if you had done that earlier in the season, who knows where he would have been. But in the game against Miami, they threw it to Rasheed Rice two times. He had two catches for 17 yards. And I think all of us were sitting there screaming for an offense that had only scored 14 points in that game. Hey, why are you guys not doing a better job of getting Rasheed Rice involved? They then had a bye week. They came back against the Philadelphia Eagles. They scored 17 points in that game. And Rasheed Rice had four targets in that game and got 42 yards. And I think all of us kept saying, hey, you guys have something special here with Rasheed Rice. Why don't you use him? Why don't you get him the football more? You don't have a whole lot of options. I remember in the game against Philadelphia, Justin Watson got 11 targets. He's not a guy that you can give 11 targets to. Well, you know what happened? They then started treating Rasheed Rice that way. He got 10 targets in the game against the Raiders. He got 107 yards. He got nine targets in the games against Green Bay. Got 64 yards, 10 targets in the Buffalo game, 72 yards. He got nine targets in the game against New England, 91 yards. He has scored a touchdown in three of his last four, four of his last six games. Once you have made it a point in trying to get your best wide receiver the ball, You have had a whole lot of success. The frustration that I think a lot of people are having is not related to Rasheed Rice. And he is not a perfect player by any means. The drops aren't where you would like for it to be. Some of the mistakes, the turnovers are not where you would like it to be. But you can accept that with a young player. You can accept that. It's what about the rest of the room? And outside of Rasheed Rice, there is not another pass catcher that we have seen growth from in that room. Not one. You haven't seen it from MVS. He has regressed. You haven't seen it from Sky Moore. Didn't see it from Kadarius Toney. Didn't see it from MVS. Didn't see it from any of those other guys. I made the analogy earlier. Yes, you got the chicken right. You cooked the chicken. I'm not going to say it was cooked to perfection, but you know what? That's That's a good rotisserie chicken. They have burned all the other sides. Did you cook a good meal? Now, we were all saying, hey, this team needs a number one wide receiver. I don't think I view Rasheed Rice as a number one, but he certainly can be your number two option. And now it is up to you as a staff, as a front office, to let's put a complement of weapons around Rasheed Rice and see what happens. I believe that Travis Kelsey is going to play next season for the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you have Rasheed Rice back, you have Travis Kelsey back, you spend a first-round pick on a wide receiver room that might be as deep as any first-round wide receiver class that we have seen. The record is six. Our guy Matt Miller of ESPN at NFL Draft Scout, he thinks there could be eight or nine wide receivers taken in round one of the NFL draft. Eight or nine. We know how this works. 
five or six of them are going to hit and be really productive players in the league, and you'll miss on a couple, but you at least got to take a big swing. You do that. You also go in free agency. You spend a little money in free agency. I think you got a shot to, in one offseason, revamp that room and really see what you can do. But none of that matters now at this point. That's not where we are yet in the season. It's about getting the most out of the players that you do have and how do you move forward. So you've got a bunch of options. Rice, Watson, Tony, McColl, MVS, Richie James. At some point, Sky Moore is going to come back. you got Justin Ross. You have eight separate wide receivers. How do you narrow this thing down? You get the right three to five. You get the right four to five. And you really make the most out of the wide receiver room that you have. All right, Quentin, let's get to the hits and the top stories of the day in Kansas City. While you're stuck in traffic on your drive home, The Drive gets you caught up on the biggest sports stories in Kansas City and around the country. It's the hits only on The Drive. Number one. All right, hit number one. You know what, Quinn? I'll throw it to you first. We have a really important Thursday night football game today, a really important one between the Saints and the Rams. The winner will have about a 70% chance of making the postseason. Those two teams are tied at 7-7. Seven and seven. The loser is going to have less than a 5% chance of making the postseason. It is as important of a Thursday night football game that you are going to have between two teams that no one deems to be Super Bowl contending teams. Neither New Orleans or Los Angeles are making any kind of run. But 14 out of the 32 teams in the NFL have to make the postseason. I think the winner of this game is probably going to end up making the postseason. I am picking the Rams in today's game. I just trust the Rams a little bit more. I do like them to cover. I think they win by at least seven points today. Who do you like in Thursday night football between the Saints and the Rams? I think it has to be the Rams. Look, the only reason why people quote unquote like the Saints heading into the season was because Derek Carr was their quarterback. And when you look at the rest of the NFC South, that seemed to be the best option. So I'm going to go with the team with the coach that has had success in the past, still has one of the most dominant defensive players in the NFL and Aaron Donald and a passing game with Cooper cup and a guy named Puka Nakua that was picked up in the fifth round. I think you got to go with the Rams here. Just the track record over the last couple of years proves that the Rams are a better team. Yeah, I think so too. I just, the Rams are at home. That obviously makes a significant difference. I think they have the quarterback advantage. I think they have more weapons. I also think they have the coaching advantage. Like If you're telling me in a one-game scenario, am I going to take the team that has Sean McVay or the team that has Dennis Allen? I'm going to take the team that has the better coach. I'm also going to take the team that has the better quarterback in this game as well, and they happen to be on the same side. So if you're telling me in a one-game scenario, I got to pick a side to be on, I know it's unoriginal. I'm looking at the money coming in. 81% of the money that I saw earlier today is coming in on the Los Angeles Rams. So the public is very, very high on Los Angeles in tonight's game. I just don't really know how you can be on the other side. I don't want to be on the side of the Saints in this game. I think the Rams are the better team. I just, what? I I think the the only advantage the Saints have is they're getting Chris Olave back, right? Other than that, like what else do the Saints have? If you just go like position by position, the Rams are better in pretty much every category. So... It's just interesting that this game is so important, and yet no one's excited for it. I actually like Chris Olave, man. I'm a uh, I'm a big Chris Olave guy. You know, I'm a big Chris Olave guy. I uh, I liked him coming out of college. I think he's a really good player. It's unfortunate that he got you know picked with Derek Carr. And yeah, it's just you know it's just really ruined. The man, Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas. Is he even still in the league? I, 
He's still getting paychecks from the Saints. Yeah, that's what they say. Michael Thomas was, like, really good in 2017, and then we just never, ever saw from him or heard from him again. Hit number two. Hit number two for you is J.J. Piccolo. Earlier today, he was on our friends Cody and Gold, and here's what he said about why this team was so aggressive in free agency. Yeah, well, I mean, this year, 23, was just not fun. I mean, it, it was uh, it was a tough year. Um, we were frustrated with a lot of things. We were learning along the way because we're excited about our coaching staff. We're excited about a lot of our young players. Uh, but it was clear to us at the end of the year that if we're going to capitalize uh, on, on a group of, of young players, a core of players, uh, if we're going to capitalize on, on their time here and our ability to push forward, we needed to be really aggressive this offseason. And, you know, I think we outlined pretty clearly uh, where, where we thought we needed uh, to, to get deeper and where we need to get better. Uh, a lot of it was on the pitching side and then also just to uh, acquire a bat to put in the middle of the lineup. And fortunately, we were able to get a, a nice player in Garrett Hampson as well. So, um, you know, it was a very focused um, approach to what we were doing. Uh, we were very aggressive from the get-go with free agents, very aggressive in trade ideas amongst our, our pro scouting department. And um, I'm proud of the way they went about their business and the way we handled things and the way we were, we were able to work through things and ultimately arrive at a roster that looks a lot stronger right now than it did uh, at the end of September. That was J.J. Piccolo earlier today on Cody and Gold. If you want to check out the full podcast, you can do so, 610sports.com and also the Odyssey app. Man, I'm just happy that the Royals did everything that they were supposed to do. I don't know if the Royals could have a a much better offseason than the one that they had. I would say this. They have completed step one of the process. Step one of the process was upgrading the talent on the field. And they have upgraded the talent on the field. I'm happy for that. I would say step two is you got to get through the first 50 games of next season. 50 games can make or break it. Kansas Cityans, I know how you think. I am one of you. We usually see the Royals blow it in the first 50 games. They do. They win 14 of their first 50 games and they're done. You're not paying attention to them. How do they navigate those first 50 games? They don't got to be over 500. Can they be 24 and 26? Can they win 22 of their first 50 games? If they can do that, you know what? People will feel really good about this Royals team, and I think you will keep people engaged. And I think what has really hurt this organization over the last couple of years is they just haven't really given you reasons to pay attention for the full 162. Like, I think people are going to be very excited for the beginning of this year. Opening day is going to be a sellout. And then they'll lose on opening day. They'll lose eight of their first 10 games. We'll look up and, oh, well, baseball season's over. When does training camp start? So they have completed step one. I would give them an A- minus for how they handled this offseason. They have done a phenomenal job. They went out. They spent money. They invested. I think they did everything they were supposed to do. That's step one. Step two is the first 50 games of the season. Can you be competitive? And if you can do that, if you can get us to June 1, I think people will be very excited. People will be going out to Kauffman Stadium, and you will play meaningful baseball games at Kauffman Stadium this summer if you can do that. So they have completed step one. 
Can they get to step two? Three. Step three is our friend Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was asked today, you remember on the sideline after that second interception, he was asked, hey, why were you so mad? Here's what he said. Yeah, I think in that moment I was frustrated at the, just the interception and giving the defense a short field. I mean, the defense was playing so well in that second half especially, and uh, I knew in that moment of the game you don't want to have turnovers and stuff like that. You want to either score, obviously first goal, but second goal is flip the field, let our defense play. And so I'm um, getting that turnover and short yard and getting them into a, a position where they're, they're basically after one play touchdown or whatever that was, um, I, that, that's on that's on us as an offense. And so there's, not, there's no added frustration towards any player. I mean, I know – I know how hard these guys work. I've said it all year long. I see how they practice. I see how they work after practice, before practice. And I know that they're doing whatever they can um, to help the team out in the best way possible. And so um, they always know that I'm going to have that confidence, confidence in them. I'm going to keep firing the ball to them. That's just how I roll. Um, I, whenever I see the guy put in the work every single day, that I, I have trust he's going to go out there and make the plays happen. So uh, that's just uh, the frustration, I think, was just over the whole situation, not necessarily directed at one person or another. You know what, man? Pat, you're good. Pat might be better at the press conferences than he is on the field. And he is one of the greatest quarterbacks that we have ever seen. But, man, he handles those press conferences and just, I mean, just pristine. No, I mean, when I was coming off the field and I was yelling and you could clearly see my mouth and I said every game and then I cursed, like, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad at the guy that dropped it again. I wasn't mad at him. I was just mad at the situation. I was just mad because we were up 27 to 10 and I threw an interception. That's why I was so mad. And you're like, yeah, no, that makes sense. No, I get it, Pat. No, yeah, you're right. He's the best. He and his PR team, I'm telling you, pristine how they handle these scenarios. I mean, it's okay. I know you can't say why you were mad. I know it. I know you can't outright, but the actions don't lie. You were not mad at the interception up 17. No, you were not mad at that. You were mad at, bro, we keep doing this every week. I keep throwing the ball to you, and this is what happens. Every week. And you drop it in some capacity. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of you dropping passes. I think that this also shows the importance of him growing up in a locker room, quote unquote, because his dad was a baseball player. So he likes see he's seen all the, all of his life. He's seen media talking to players. And so I think that on top of him just being a star and developing that, I think he's just seen it his whole life. So, you know, he knows sort of what to say in the moment. Let's play one more hit here. Four. Four. So earlier today I was going through like top Christmas gifts. I just like getting ready for the show. And I was kind of curious what people thought, like in terms of top Christmas gifts. And one of the Christmas gifts that came up was AirPods. And Quentin and I were debating if AirPods are a good gift. Now they are a very great gift. They are a very thoughtful gift. If someone gets you AirPods, they really like you. But I also don't think that they're being realistic. You are going to lose one or both of those AirPods. There is not a person that I know, not a person that I know, that is still on their first thing of AirPods. They've lost them in some capacity. You've left the case somewhere and you just forgot it, or you only have one of the two AirPods. You've lost it, and it's okay. It's a tough thing to keep up with. I mean, I had a pair of AirPods. I lost them. I got them as a gift, 
And then I realized, you know what? I got to focus on what I'm good at, what I'm strong at. I don't lose a lot of things, but this wasn't, this wasn't a realistic thing for me to keep hold of. So you know what I did? I went to Best Buy. I got the over-the-air Beats, the wireless headphones. I keep them in my bag for when I travel because I don't really listen to music on headphones outside of that. And you know what? When it's time for me, when I really need to use them, I know exactly where they are every single time. Like, I'm not going outside. I'm like working. I'm like, you think I'm working out? You think I'm just going outside and just running? No, that's not part of my life. That's not anything I want to do. I, there never wants to be a time in which it's 8 o'clock in the morning and I'm outside running. No. No, thank you. I'm okay. So I, I've had these headphones now for three years. I've never lost them because I was realistic with myself. I don't think AirPods are a great gift. I mean, I think they're a great gift, but I, don't, I also don't think they're a great gift. I what think, headphones do you use, Quinn? What are your headphones? Uh, I, use, I use these Skull Candy ones. Um, well, they're great because they have an adapter that I can use for a USB port, and I can use them in an aux cord on it, so they're sort of multipurpose. But Skull Candy works for me. I would say that there's, like, a couple of things that, like, every Apple user has lost. You know the little, like, I don't know, they call it, like, a dongle or whatever. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, 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 the yeah, charging you know, like, port. You can, you can, like, plug it into your old thing, and then you can, like, put a, like, you know what I mean? You know the thing I'm talking about? Yeah. Every Apple person has lost that. Like, they gave it to you, like, three iPhones ago. Like, hey, I know we changed the cord at the bottom, but we're going to give this to you so it's not that bad. No, it was bad. You lost it. No clue where that thing is. 100% lost that thing. And you've lost your AirPods, too. And if you have an Apple Pencil, that's you no longer oh, have even, an Apple Pencil. No, I don't even. No, no thanks. I don't even have an Apple Pencil. I have an, I have an iPad, but I didn't get the Apple Pencil. The iPad, it is one of those things that, like, when you got it, you were like, oh, man, this thing's so cool. I'm going to use it all the time. I Never, ever use it. It, so- it sounded really good in theory. You know, it sounded great when I got it. But no, it's, uh, it's not really part of my life. I maybe use it like three, four times a year. And I only use it because I remember, oh, I haven't used it. Like I see people using it on planes and I'm like, oh, man, why don't I use my iPad? It's a great invention. I just use my phone for all that stuff. I just use my phone. Quinn, I haven't got a chance to ask you this question. I've answered it. I think a very underrated Christmas movie is Four Christmases. I think that's an underrated Christmas movie. What is your favorite, like, under-the-radar, underrated Christmas movie? What's your movie? Um, I do. I don't. Just Friends is is good. I think it's funny, and I don't think people talk about it enough because, one, Ryan Reynolds is just funny. But I know, like, if you look up lists, like, top Christmas movie, Just just Friends is going to pop up. So I don't know how underrated that is. I actually don't think that I've seen the movie Just Friends. I don't think that I've seen it. Like, I've heard of it before, but I don't think I've seen this before. No, I've definitely never seen this movie. I'm reading the uh, description of it. I've never seen this before. Is this a movie that I need to see? Hey, it's got Stryker from American Pie. Chris Klein's in this movie. Oh, I don't know why I haven't seen this. So maybe it is an underrated movie. Yeah, no. Uh, another movie that I would suggest that I really like, have you seen The Night Before? I have not. With uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, and um, Seth Rogen is in it. I'm trying to think of, oh, Anthony Mackie, that's the black guy. I was trying to think, of, like, I know it's a black guy, but I can't think of his name. Anthony Mackie, yeah, he's in it too. 
I I really like it. It's uh it's it's pretty funny. I would encourage you to watch it. The okay. night before is the name All of right. it. I'll watch that. You watch Just Friends. Yeah, I can do that. It's on Hulu too. I'm looking at it right now. It's on Hulu. Yeah, I'll watch this. I can watch this. Hold on, let me let me read this real quick. Hold on, let me read the description. Real you read quick. the IMDb description earlier. While visiting his hometown during Christmas, a man comes face-to-face with his old high school crush and best friend, a woman whose rejection of him turns him into a ferocious womanizer. Oh, I, yeah, this, I can, yeah, this sounds all right. Another movie I would suggest, I know you haven't seen it. It's called 8-Bit Christmas. So it's about uh, this kid who really wants a Nintendo for Christmas, like the old NES. It came out on HBO Max a couple of years ago. Two thumbs up. I highly encourage you to watch uh, okay. 8-Bit Christmas. I've seen it a couple years in a row. I uh, I was a big fan. Uh, I have another Christmas movie thought coming up on the other side that I would like to share for you that I wonder if it's like a blasphemous thing to say. And we'll also get you ready for Monday's game against the Raiders. Keep Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Prayers to drive. This sounds like the song that was playing. I don't know if it is the song, but you remember in Forrest Gump whenever she was leaving Washington after the Black Panther party? And he was like, because you're my girl. This sounds like the song that was playing. I don't know if it was the song that was playing. But I don't, you guys know the scene that I'm talking about. They I were do. at the Black Panther party. They're running through the reflection pool. And then her boyfriend hits her at the Black Panther party. So Forrest decides to hit him multiple times. He really was thinking about killing that man. And then he was like, you should just come be with me. He just, the whole movie, he just tried to tell Jenny, be with me. We could live a great life together. I'm going to be a billionaire. She's like, no, you know what? I still got the streets in me. That's what the whole movie really is about. She didn't want to be with Forrest until the streets were no longer in her. And then she was ready to settle down and be with Forrest. It's really a sad story when you think about it. Yeah, that movie has a lot of... It's sad. Uh, it, yeah. Comes really a sad movie. Yeah, it really is. It's a lot of things that happen in that movie. I feel like you could make like four or five movies by the individual events that happened in that movie. What do you think is the most impressive thing that Forrest Gump did in the whole movie? Um, I mean, the whole the whole ping pong thing. I know, which which is just I've attempted to play ping pong. I am not coordinated enough to play ping pong. So when I see somebody with any sort of talent like that, that's that blows my mind. I actually think it was pretty impressive that he was Devin Hester. Like, we just had no clue. But he was just, he was an all-American kick returner. 
Yeah. Forrest Gump was Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. That's who he was. He was Jeremy. He was Travis Hunter. That's who he was. Forrest Gump, Travis Hunter. No, that, that's the most impressive thing. Uh, speaking of movies, and we'll get back to the Chiefs here in a little bit. I would be perfectly fine if I never saw Christmas Story again. It's not even that I dislike Christmas Story. I just watched it so much as a kid. I don't really have an interest in watching it anymore. Like, it's not even part of our routine anymore as a family. So, for those of you that are my age, and Quinn, you don't remember this, but ESPN on the holidays, they would run Best of Sports Center. So, they would compile all the cool highlights from the year, all the cool stories, and they would just run on a loop on Christmas and New Year's Day. That was all they would show. No games, no nothing. They would just show best of Sports Center. I would only watch two things on those days. Well, on Christmas, I would either watch best of Sports Center or TNT in their 24 hours of Christmas story. Now, my mom, her favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. So the night before, you know, you're baking cookies for Santa. She's cooking. You know, we're talking. We're spending time as a family. I would usually watch a Christmas story maybe two or three times every single Christmas. So if I like if you ask me, hey, what movie do you think you've seen the most? Forrest Gump is probably the number one answer. Like it's just on television so much that I've just, hey, I'm flipping through the channels. Oh, I'll just stop and I'll watch Forrest Gump. Shawshank is probably second for the exact same reasons. And then number three is probably a Christmas story. Like I've probably seen that movie. At least 30 times in my life. At least 30. I don't think I need to see it anymore. I got it. I will say. And and I just think like that story, we have just seen it retold in a way. Like 8-Bit Christmas is basically a Christmas story. It is the same concept. Instead of the Red Ryder BB gun, this kid really wants an NES. And he and his friends do everything they possibly can to get the NES. It's the same movie as Christmas Story. I much rather watch that now than watch a Christmas story. That was, I was also one of the families that on Christmas, that was that movie was just turned on in the background. Sometimes it was muted. Sometimes, you know, it was it was unmuted, but that movie was on a loop. And, I mean, have you seen the new, the, like, post-second uh, of Christmas story? Very make, depressing film. It is very depressing, but um, it's a good movie. I want to feel good on Christmas. Yeah. Like, I don't want to watch a movie that makes me feel bad. That movie makes you feel bad. That's not the purpose of watching this Christmas movie. Like Home Alone, even the fact, like when you think about it, the the core of Home Alone is actually like really depressing. Oh yeah, Kevin sucks. Like is a just awful little boy, awful little boy. I remember they was like, "Hey, go upstairs." I am upstairs, you dummy. Like Kevin's not really likable. You're kind of happy that they left him at home, honestly, because he sucked. He was not good. His parents they go to. Paris they're away they go away they don't get to enjoy their vacation and Kevin is at home by himself and these people are trying to break into their house and steal all of their things like the the movie's actually really bad and then you know what at the end you're like oh man they got reunited she was willing to do everything she could to get back home to see Kevin except go in his room and make sure that's your son that's your youngest son She was willing to do all that to get home to get Kevin when all she had to do was go up to Kevin's room one time and purposely wake Kevin up. 
even that movie found a way to like bring it back. You're like, man, that's a really good heartwarming story. Like that, you feel good. You feel good at the end of Home Alone, even though everybody in that movie was really terrible. Kevin's mom was terrible. Kevin's dad was terrible. The wet bandits. You already robbed these people. Now you got to flood their house. You don't got to do that. You're taking it too far. You already went in. You trashed their house. You stole all their things. Now you, you're just going to commit water damage. You didn't have to do all that. Irv, stop it. Why? There's a uh, series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. I saw that one. It's and, good. Yeah, the one about... Uh, there's three Christmas movies, which are like three of the better Christmas movies, even though Sea Dive will disagree. There's one on Elf, Die Hard, and Home Alone. And you learn a lot. Like in that final scene where, they're, where it's snowing and mom makes it back just in time for Christmas, and that snow is not real snow. It's actually potato flakes that they're pouring and blowing with a fan. Someone said that's why they're called the wet bandits. No, I I, I got that part. I we got, get the concept. I got but it's why just... they're the wet bandits. I just want to know why you've already robbed me. <laughs> like you you've already you've broken into my house and you've you've stolen our gifts. You took in our jewelry. You now we now might need a new house at the end of this. We now just need a new home because you flooded everything. No, that come on now they're they're terrible. They're, that you've taken robbery too far. I didn't know that there was like a scale, you know, we got, yeah. we got tiered out robbery. All the greats leave their calling card. There was something you could have done something better than that. You could have done something better. Uh, I just saw this stat from uh, our guy, BK. Uh, it was chiefs targets in the last four games. Rasheed Rice has 38 targets in the last four games. Travis Kelsey has 29 targets. And then it gets interesting. MVS has 11 in the last four games. Like, this is the thing, too, about some of these, like, targets and stuff and, like, where these guys are. Like, I understand they're not really getting, like, a whole lot of opportunities, right? Like, I get that. Like, 11 targets is not a lot. They also are just doing next to nothing with the opportunities they've been given as well, too. Like, next to nothing. MVS, it's hard to really explain why they should throw you the football more than they've thrown to you in the last four games. You have six catches for 63 yards. Like, what really is going to get this offense jump started is not them giving you the ball more. No, it's not. No, not at all. That's not what I want to do. So now, so MVS is second in wide receiver targets with 11. After him, Kadarius Toney, he has eight targets. Justin Watson with seven. And Sky Moore with six. So you could, like, add up all the other targets from these guys, and you still wouldn't get close to Rasheed Rice. It is now obvious what the offensive strategy is. We got to get him the ball. We got to try to get it to Rice. We got to try to get to Kelsey. We got to try to get it to our running backs. I mean, Clyde, Pacheco, they're handing it to him. And then, I mean, it's anybody's bet outside of that. It's on you. And it's just hard to justify. I mean, I know he's hurt now, but, like, were we going to be arguing they've got to get Sky more and more involved in the offense? I don't know what he's done over the last four games to justify that before the injury. Kadarius Toney, I, I think they've tried over the last six to eight weeks to get Kadarius Toney involved. It has just gone very, very poorly, but that's the targets over the last four games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We'll get you guys out of here with this. Maybe you missed it, but Chip Kelly, a couple of weeks ago, he offered up his fix for college football. The reason we're talking about this is it would appear that Florida State is going to be the next team to jump ship and join a new conference. Here's Chip Kelly. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. <laughs> Not that I've a lot of spent the time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group, and so there's 132 teams, and we all share in the same ter- we all share the same TV contract, so that the Mountain West doesn't have one, and the Sun Belt doesn't have another, and SEC has one, and they have another. That we all go together. That's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five. You can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You can do a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done. That money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing. The players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. There was a story a couple of weeks ago that someone told the NCAA that they should operate with a purpose and that they should operate like they are starting from the beginning. Like I think some of the problems with the NCAA, like some of the main problems is – it was built on a series of foundation, like a belief system that very few people sign up for anymore. And instead of arguing from that place, you should argue from a place of trying to be progressive. What Chip Kelly is saying in this is, I would say, pretty radical. But I would also say what needs to happen in order for this system to continue to work. I still love college football. I enjoyed college football this season more than I enjoyed the NFL. I just think there were more good teams. I think it was more compelling storylines. Like, I was really into this college football season. It is changing before our eyes. We are seeing the consolidation of the sport right before our eyes. I still think the Big 12 is a major conference, but it is obviously very different than the Big 10 and the SEC. I think we are going to see that those two conferences are going to get even stronger here. If Florida State is leaving, and maybe they go to the Big 12, maybe they go. So you then strengthen that league. 
And now you consolidate it even more that we have gone from the pack or the power five to are we going to get to where it's three major conferences? I mean, this is the suggestion that I would have is with how many teams that we are starting to add into these, I think you need to treat it more like the NFL. You need to create divisions. The Chiefs are in the AFC, but they are also in the AFC West. You play those teams every year. You know that you have to beat those teams in order to get to where you need to go. You have to have a better record than those teams. So why don't we treat the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the SEC? Hey, here's pod one. Here's pod two. Here's pod three. Pod four. Not all the divisions in the NFL are equal. They go through cycles. The NFC South is terrible right now. But we've also seen it be really good. We've seen Atlanta go to the Super Bowl. We've seen New Orleans go to the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay, that's not where those teams are, but it goes through a cycle. The NFC South will be a strong division again. But you have that division, and then it feeds into its own playoff system that then you could have feed into an even bigger playoff system. Why not have every team in the SEC plays eight games? We'll see who wins. Hey, this is pod one, pod two. You then create wild cards. Hey, we're going to have our own 16 playoff. All right, these teams have now played 12 games, 13 games, and now the winner of the SEC playoff is going to play the winner of the Pac-12 playoff, the winner of the Big Ten playoff, and that's it. If you don't win your conference tournament, then you can't be included in our NCAA tournament event that we're doing here. Like, all of this stuff just seems so obvious to me. Is this not what they do in basketball? The Big 12 plays 20 games against itself. And then they have, a, they have a tournament. And the winner of that tournament automatically is included into it. No one complains. I just want, I just, I want what's best for college football. I really do. I really do. I love the sport. It's my favorite. Like, I really love college football. It just frustrates me how it's run. And I want them to run it with more purpose. I want them to run it with more vision and more intent. Or it's just going to happen and just no one, I feel like the the fire is getting so big and the people, they don't know how to control the fire. Florida State is leaving the ACC in the next year. Mark it down. By this time in 2024, Florida State will have announced what their intention is and where they plan on going. They've been setting this up. And it got sped up by they're now not included in the playoff. Hey, this conference can't this conference isn't good enough for us anymore. That's a perfect way to end this week. I'm picking the Chiefs to win on Monday because obviously why would I not pick the Chiefs to win on Monday? The question is do their offense continue to play with momentum and do they score more than 27 points? That's kind of my baseline. I want to see them keep scoring over 27. And I want to see more of Richie James. Those are the only two things I'm really interested in. And obviously winning the game. You win the game, you win the division. I had a lot of fun. Quentin, thank you. I'm off tomorrow. Everybody from the station is off tomorrow. Happy holidays to you and yours. I'll let Daniel Craig take you home. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.